This episode of the Sketch and Army podcast was recorded before a live studio audience. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sketchnote Army podcast. I'm Mike Rohde, your host and the author of the Sketchnote Handbook and the Sketchnote Workbook. And I am excited to be here at the Sketchnote Symposium 2017 in, in Washington, D.C. And I am exci- even more excited to welcome Mariana Rady to the show. Mariana, welcome. Hi. Thank you for having me. You are so welcome. We're, I'm so excited to have you because, um, because of the perspective that you bring. Uh, working in an agile environment. I think there may be some people listening who also work in agile environments, and I suspect maybe some of the ideas you have will be encouraging to them and give them ideas for how they can make their agile teams work better. But even if you're not on an agile team, there may be ideas that you can apply to your to your own work process. So with that said, why don't you um, talk to us a little bit about what you do um, and where you live? Sure. Um so I, I work as a scrum master that is uh, essentially like a little helper for the team. So I help my team to collaborate well, to work together well. And um, it's a little bit like a coach. I, mm-hmm. I coach the team. And what we do is we have um, small, we essentially have small working periods. So after each working period, which is usually um, two weeks, uh, we call that a sprint. So after each sprint, we sit together and we talk. What worked well? What did not work well? How can we improve? Um, and that's exactly that's that's the most essential thing about Scrum mm-hmm. that you take the time and look back and ask yourself um, how can we do what we do better? And this is what I help with. So sometimes they have a subject they want to talk about, or um, or I'm the one who's suggesting it. And that's when my, then my presence comes in. So I sit with the team and I'm there, I'm present, I listen, I watch, uh, I feel you know, what's going on with the team because sometimes there is something going on and they don't, they don't openly talk about it. So that's essentially the coaching part that I come in and address the elephant in the room sometimes. Mm-hmm. And that's an important, important part uh, of my work. Yeah, so um, that's the one thing. And the other thing is that um, in, my, um, in, my, um, in my company, mm-hmm. I work at Holiday Check. We have a website where you can book travels and mm. look at uh, hotels. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't have an agile coach for the company. So what our team of um, Scrum Masters do is we essentially collaborate to do the work as an agile coach. So we, we, have, we help the product owners. So there are different roles in Scrum. They're product owners. And they asked the, all the stakeholders, and we help them collaborate as well. Hmm. So how do you how do you build a product that is most valuable to the customer? That is the most important thing. Hmm. And you have to collaborate, and you have to get customers' feedback. So feedback is a big de- is a big thing in um, in agile and Scrum. And how do you get that? And how do you what do you do with it? And how do you find out what's the most important thing? So these are the things we address as Scrum masters and help everybody, um, you know, to to find what that most important thing is they have to do. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I work in an agile team in the environment where I work. I work in an insurance company and we build software. And I and I assist the team from the visual side, but I work with a fantastic um, scrum master named mm-hmm. Rachel. She's just a dynamo, uh, really excellent. So she's always looking for places where things aren't working, like you said, and she's not afraid to call people out and say what's going on, either individually or as a group, if she feels that there's group dynamics going on. Exactly. Um, I always feel that she's sort of looking for impediments to knock out of the way. 
So she keeps, she almost like, she's the one with the little oil can and she's looking for all the squeaky parts and she oils those so that we can keep rolling. And I think it's so important as a team, I see if we can get into a flow state where we are really working and we're generating code or we're coming up with designs to, to stay in that state as long as possible is really critical. Uh, so I find uh, a Scrum Master invaluable. So I see the value of what you provide and I can imagine just meeting you over this weekend that you do a fantastic job at that. So thank you for, <laughs> for what you do. I think it's really helpful. I would imagine your team would also say the same thing. Thank you. So I would say if you're listening and you don't know uh, anything about Agile or, or Scrum or any of these concepts, Agile is the general idea and Scrum is a specific flavor of implementation. Where would you recommend that somebody might go to learn more about that if they think maybe this is a direction their company should go or they inv individually might try? Uh, well, I, I stumbled upon Scrum uh, when reading a book, um, hmm. the book called uh, Scrum Doing Double the Work in Half the Time by Jeff Sutherland okay. and he is essentially the he is also the author of the scrum guide okay. and it's a 15 page document where he describes his his way or his uh, recommendations about how to do scrum okay so there are several pages if you just uh, if you just look that up and then you just um, there are several pages that will show you like scrum.org is a good place mm -hmm. they have many resources there um, yeah, there are so many things going on. So it just if you just type in Scrum or Scrum video or Scrum tutorial, you will find. Oh, I have one now. I remember, uh, there's this guy with a cowboy hat. Hmm. Uh, I have to look up his name. Uh, he has wonderful videos. So he made little. Um, uh, when I was, uh, I wanted to take the certification for the Scrum.org, mm -hmm. and um, you, uh, you essentially, uh, it's a multiple choice test. <coughs> Excuse me. And then I watched um, I watched his videos and they were wonderful. And what they added was the layer of reality. So the if you if you read through the Scrum Guide, it's like a perfect world. Okay. Everything is set up. There are all these rules you have to uh, or rules or you know suggestions you do. But what about all the other stuff? What is the what if the things you base your rules on are not in place yet? That's yeah. what I had with my team. So how do you handle that? And you don't get help by learning for the certificate in that way. So he has these little things, like what if people come late to a daily meeting, mm. or how do you handle that and everything. So he has very much, uh, he put this into his videos, and that's wonderful. I would look him up. I will, okay. I will let you know, and you can put the link there. It, I really love the videos. They're fun, okay. and in between there, there are little quizzes. So if you prepare for the test, that's a perfect resource. Mm. Yeah, That's good to know. And, yeah. I, and uh, just for those listening, Agile is sort of a, a generally a larger concept. Yes. This idea of iteration is at the heart of it. Iteration, reflection, and then modification to improve the next round. So it's a cyclical concept. And there's many flavors of Agile if you do some research. You can find all the different flavors and different ways of doing it. As a designer, I've always worked iteratively, so when I stumbled onto this space, it just seemed like, why doesn't everybody work this way? Exactly. It makes complete sense. And for me, um, all, there's these set of rules and ideas and suggestions, but on the, the one thing that's most important to me is the values. Mm -hmm. So you have, there are Agile values in the Agile Manifest, there, is, um, there, is, there are Scrum values, and for me, the, the most important part is the values and the people. Mm -hmm. So this is the, this is the core. You work from your values, and you have to. I mean, I try to encourage people uh, working with me that, or who work in teams, 
you know, to find their values and to, you know, do what they believe in and they go for what they love and and then the company needs to support that. So mm -hmm. how does it, you know, we have to t also teach the company how can they support the people? How can they make sure that the workplace is a great place to work and to have a, you know, good relationship with your colleagues and the social factors coming in. So to have these two things um, being the center, um, that is the most important part for mm -hmm. me, you know, to put this, to put the people in the middle and the, you know, the human. Everything the human, else around. Yeah, and everything else around. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Excellent. That's a good overview of uh, Agile. So if you're interested, go check that out. We'll put some show note links in for you to check out if you're interested in this idea. So now that we understand what you do and sort of the perspective you're coming from, I'm really curious how in this context of Agile and Scrum specifically, how do you use sketchnoting and this concept of sketchnoting and, and maybe tell us some stories of how you're finding both the teaching of it and your teams adopting it. Is it helpful for them? Well, I, um, I have uh, developed this workshop called Sketchnote for Meetings. And um, essentially, I just teach very, very simple shapes based on triangles and rectangles. And these are the icons I use every day. So if I have flip charts, I draw the banner, I draw a speaking bubble, I draw a finishing flag. And that's for the meeting part. That's essentially, that's what I do. I just have the flip chart look pretty, a little bit. Sometimes I prepare, if, if I prepare a game or something for the retrospective, I might take more time and come up with a fun metaphor or something mm -hmm. and draw that. Um, but I find myself usually facilitating the meeting. So when I facilitate the meeting, uh, I have to I have to listen, and I have to watch people. Mm. So I have to watch for the small clues and you know their body language, what's going on with them. Maybe there's somebody uh, wants to say something but doesn't, and I have to watch out for that. Mm -hmm. And uh, and and the third thing is I capture. So when people talk, I capture what they say, and usually mm -hmm. I write them on on sticky notes. Mm -hmm. um, and just put them up, and that's how I help the. And you know, I check for the time, and I check that I make sure that we achieve the things we want to achieve. So that's what my facilitation does. And I find myself that I cannot do both at the same time. Mm -hmm. So if I if I would sketch note, I would just sit there, you know, head down, being yeah. in the zone, and uh, and concentrate on you know synthesizing everything I hear and pick out the big ideas. And I don't think I can do both at the same time because I cannot look at the page and uh, be, you know, with me and be yeah. aware of me. And then I have to look at other people. I have to watch them. So this is, I find myself, um, you know, usually in the facilitating role at work. Um, but recently we had a cool thing. We had a, we had innovation days. So for, for three days, people of all our locations come together and share ideas and do new projects and just have, you know, uh, they just come up with ideas and you share the team with, which, uh, from which you, you like the idea most. And that way we uh, get together in a different way and get to meet new people. Hmm. So I, I joined a team that um, came up with a new feature for our, for our app. And what we did is we came up with, a, um, with the many future ideas. But in those three days, we wanted to present something or wanted to... Um, uh, wanted to show something, so we had the we put put we put in the function. But for the future things, I drew a sketch note. I took the I took the flip chart paper and turned it uh, landscape, mm -hmm. and I draw I drew what could be, you know, next mm. steps, and uh, and everybody was so fascinated, and you know, it was just wonderful. Mm. Um, and what I do now is I offer the workshop 
in my work. Mm -hmm. So I offer, I talk to the people uh, in HR and I offer that, you know, I, there's this one hour workshop I do uh, encouraging people to draw mm -hmm. um, and encouraging people who say I can't draw. Um, so uh, I have done it once uh, just before I came to the US and it was a big success and people were, mm. you know, already asking, is there a second one? Is that's there an advanced sign. one? Yeah, yeah, that's a good sign. Yeah, so the, so the next slot was just, you know, so we have two more coming up and they're already booked. So that's wow. good. Yeah, I'm looking forward. And I think, um, and people, you know, emailed me already. I got an email from a colleague and said, look, I have, I went to this meeting and this is my beautiful flip chart. Thank you so much for teaching me. And that's the best thing. So yeah. if, if there's just little bits of, you know, more visualization going on in the, in the, you know, in the organization because of my one hour workshop, that's, that's just the most wonderful thing. Yeah, you're continuing to do your work helping teams to be productive, right, in mm -hmm. a different way. Yes, true. Or teaching them. I mean, a lot of what you do as a Scrum Master is to teach them to solve their own problems as much as they can. That's and right. the ones they can't see, then you spot for them and bring it to their vision so they can make a change. Um, I imagine, too, so we're at the uh, Sketchnote Symposium here, and you probably learned some things this weekend. Uh, are you imagining uh, offering some other types of courses, maybe, or expanding on the course that you have to teach more of the techniques you're learning, I imagine? Yes, definitely. So my, um, uh, I was trying to write my blog, but it doesn't really come along so well mm. because, and I found myself thinking like, why don't I do this? You know, I love what I do. I love Scrum. I love Sketchnotes, but why doesn't my, why don't I write for my blog? And mm. I just, you know, I thought that if I don't do it, there must be something that I, that I don't want to do. So I, I figured that I would much, much rather do videos mm. than writing because writing is so hard for me. It takes so much effort for me. And sure. I just, you know, I dread doing it. <clears throat> so therefore I thought, how about I just set up my camera and, you know, buy some lights and then I have videos and then that way I could, um, I could also, I think my, I, my it, sh it would show my personality better. You know, I want it mm -hmm. to be, I want my workshop to be fun, to be easy and to be non-scary. So if I do videos, I can do the same thing. I can mm -hmm. try to engage the people more and um, and just, you know, do jokes and whatever and just sure. make it fun and not like we're doing the serious drawing business now and it has to be perfect. <laughs> so I, do, I want to do the exact opposite. So that, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's this is my big plan. So um, I think uh, I will start something up in the next months and hopefully it will grow and, uh, yeah, we'll take it from there. Well, definitely let us know and we'll promote you on Sketchnote Army because I think <laughs> all the people here would love to, to see what you're doing and, and be educated. We're all, it seems like that's a th common thread that I see with everyone here is this willingness and interest in being educated and improving themselves, which I think is at the heart of Agile as, as well, right? This oh, constant yeah. improvement, right? Yes. So um, excellent. This is really uh, fun to hear how you're applying it in the space where you are. And that's what's most exciting to me about Sketchnoting is seeing each person who's here taking that idea and then applying it uniquely in their own situation, um, which, you know, when I started this a long time ago, I, I had no idea of where it would lead. But the one thing I knew is I wanted to keep it principle-based and open enough that it could be flexible. So it, this is really satisfying to see people like you that are taking it in a direction I couldn't have imagined. That's the most exciting thing. So thank you for the work you're doing. Oh, thank you. It's, uh, it really touch, touches my heart when you say this. You know, she, that you know that I'm a part of this community now, which is you mm -hmm. know as you said, we just share 
everything and we you know now we're here we 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 you know can i use your pen and yeah. can you show me your pencil case and oh look at that sketch note sketchbook this is so pretty we're just geeking out of each other's tools and yeah. and techniques and you know i like your style and how do you do that so this the energy in this room is just you know beyond and uh, and everybody thanks you for starting it up and it's just yeah thank you so much for being here and yeah. sharing with us we're all in it together yes so, uh, and we're hoping that we're going to continue expanding these opportunities for others to yes. be part of in uh, other events. We have one coming later in Germany, which you've heard about on the podcast already, and Yay. you'll hear more details. So, and I think um, our sense is that we want to capture this energy and move it forward and have it be a regular thing so others can be part of it as well. So let's shift gears a little bit. Um, if I don't do this on a podcast, I'll probably get uh, angry emails about what tools you like so that'll be notebooks and pens and software and things like that so why don't you talk a little bit about the things that you like to use what are the things you like to use it can be in any any kind of uh, environment it doesn't have to be books and pens it could be other things that you like to use so talk a little bit about your favorite things okay so um, <clears throat> when I was in school I used uh, Stabilo pens mm -hmm. I think they're uh, local to Germany but I'm not sure um, and everybody had them. They, they were these Stabilo fine liners. They're orange uh, and had a colorful cap. And they were the, the thin ones and they're the big ones. And those ones I essentially use. I just got them uh, when I started sketchnoting and I love mm -hmm. the color palette. And yeah, so I, I use them regularly. Okay. And mostly I use the light gray for shadowing. And I love the. Uh, so, and for doing my sketchnotes, I use the Stabilo Greenpoint. I got it because it uh, when I when there I started I thought you know let's let's get a new pen and I went into the store and I looked around and there was this pen and it said you know um, more than 90% made of recyclable plastics mm -hmm. and I thought that that's cool you mm -hmm. know I will support that so um, so I got it and it turned out it's just uh, it's just the most wonderful pen it has a beautiful tip really? and you can have you have this little um, how do you say hook. Uh, and the other Stabilo pens don't have that. So when mm. you when I'm in a conference or a backhand, I just use that hook to, to carry the pen around, and that's just okay. the most wonderful thing. So uh, I love that pen, and other than that, for work, I got Neuland pens now. I, I, I mean, you, I, you, I, you cannot imagine how many pens I threw away in the first months I worked there, because they just, they just go empty. Yeah. Because I write a lot of flip charts, and if I, just, if I do two retrospectives and the pen is empty, I throw it away. That's just... Total Wasteful. waste. Yeah. It's, I just, I just did not enjoy that at all. So I tried a few, and I just, you know, they were all nothing. And Norland pens you can refill. Yeah. So I essentially got, um, I got two pens, and I, I got two of these orange um, Norland pens, which you can refill, and mm -hmm. they're black, and they have a, a round tip. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, uh, so um, what's it called? Chisel. Chisel and bullet, chisel, I think, are yeah. the two. So chisel is the one that is like a square, mm -hmm. and what happens is when you write, you have two different line widths. Right, right. And I don't like that. So I got the I got the round tip, which I really love, and I got two of them, and I carry them around with <coughs> me everywhere I go uh, and, and hide them <laughs> that they don't get lost. And I have uh, a big light gray, like one of these huge ones. Mm -hmm. And I have, I think, orange... Uh, light blue and light green for highlights and okay. these are essentially my set that goes everywhere I go and I have one refillable uh, I got okay. one um, ink okay yeah so I refill them and it's just most wonderful I love them so much yeah. and that that is that's one thing and other than that the one thing I would say is just um, just use what you have 
I mean, the Norland thing is, is my work, so I want the flip charts to be pretty and people. I want people to engage. And I think it's very important that the markers are good because it's like if you don't see half of half of it, it doesn't look nice. Yeah. So when I started, I just used what I had, and I had one old sketchbook that was lying around with you know some scribbles in it, and I had some ballpoint pens, and I think that's the most important thing. We all geek out on our tools. But if you get started, just just look around you and just use the pens you have lying around you, and buy a get a notebook that's you know that's just has plain paper, which is awkwardly <coughs> hard to get because they all have lines. <laughs> so, so I'm using a I'm using a um, Daler Rowney sketchbook. Uh, it's A4 and it has a 160 gram paper, but I got it because it was on sale. Hmm. So. I just got, you know, it's just just fine. Uh, just get what you have and w- how much money you want to spend. It's just, you don't have to have the most important tool. Yeah, just yeah. get started. Just pick a pen. So, yeah, this would be my, um, and I got Norland pens now. So I got okay. the, I got the, um, I think they're called Sketch One, like yeah. the set of four. And, uh, and I have been sketching with them now for the first time in this weekend. And it's just wonderful. It's just great to have different width and they, you know, the feel of them are wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. And it looks like, uh, from what I see, you like the spiral-bound notebooks. At least the one yes. you have is spiral-bound. Yes. So I think often that can be one way or another that you go, I prefer bound, but that's, you know, as long as you have the paper, it kind of doesn't matter. Definitely. It's more of a preference, so excellent. Well, we have, a, we have another um, a shift in gears here. Because we have a studio audience, we also have studio questions. <laughs> so we're going we're gonna to ask you a few questions um, as well. So starting for the, with the first one, outside of your job, What's your favorite topic or subject to sketchnote? Outside of my work. That's a hard question. So I often go to bar camps, uh, but they're usually agile bar camps or scrum bar camps. So I would consider that work, I guess. Outside of that, that's really hard. Maybe we can turn the question a little bit and say, now that you've been with us this weekend, You've seen some ways it can be applied, right? Are there ideas that you have for things outside of work that you might want to experiment with? Like maybe if you go on a trip, maybe doing a travel sketch note or uh, doing food or a recipe or something like along those lines. I think I, will, I want to try all of them. Okay. Uh, because I, I mean, I just take so much from this weekend with me you know the different the different books and different tools and uh, just it just encourages me to try it you know to try to draw a recipe and to try to draw a traveling sketch note and i had the most wonderful trip uh, you know here to the yes so i might do that mm-hmm. and um i have never done it but uh that i would definitely try yes i will okay all of them Good. <laughs> experiment away so you're yes. open to that Excellent. yes i am thank you all right next question can you describe a difficult scrum situation and how you came to a resolution? Well, usually the the one thing that happens uh, in or the difficult situation that that often happens is that people want to come to a decision, but they keep talking. So what? What what my facility what I want to help with my facilitation is that I make them aware. So I I, I capture what they talk about and I put the, put it on the wall, and then I look at the time and I look at the goals they have and I make sure that they 
reach these goals. And if, you know, and I say for, and usually I, I use it by asking questions. Or I do it by asking questions because I'm not the one who has all the solutions. I want them to come up with a solution for themselves. So I say, look, there's this, we, we wanted to achieve this one point and I see now that discussion is going on that uh, we have those three options and now we have 10 minutes left and you know, would you like, how would you like to come up for, with a conclusion or something? And then somebody will suggest something or if nothing comes, I make a suggestion. But I think this is the most important thing. So the one mm -hmm. thing is I capture, I capture what people talk about um, and by that help them to get organized or to get to, to reach the goals that they set in the beginning of the meeting. I think that's, the, that's what happens mostly. Hmm. That that with my with my um, you know capturing what they say or capturing the options we have and just putting them on the wall and make them very transparent that way, mm -hmm. then they see oh yeah we have free now. Otherwise they wouldn't they forget, exist. Right? Yeah, they forget yeah. because they keep talking. Uh, so that's one thing I think that is um, yeah that is that happens often. And I imagine if they're talking too much and they have too many ideas, they start to see that the board's getting fuller and fuller and fuller. And we have twenty ideas, we have to pick one, right? It sort of visually gives them a sense of. Look at all these things we're talking about. We need to narrow it down to a few. And it sounds like you're sort of looking at the gap between where they are and where they need to be, and you're helping guide them to shorten that gap up so they can get to the finish line in that the time exactly that they right. seek. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. I think we can all apply that, and I think it's nice to have someone from the outside observing. Um, so maybe that can be a tip we take away, even if we're not working in an agile environment, even in a, any kind of a meeting setting where you designate someone as sort of the observer. Yes. To help uh, keep things moving, right? Just to yes. kind of crack the whip and make sure things happen in a timely manner. And I think this is the, these are the two things that really, that feed off of each other. So it's not that I do sketch notes during the meetings, but the one thing I do is listen. And that is that you need that for sketch noting and you need that for facilitation. You need mm -hmm. to listen and you, not only for the words, but also for the intention or for the, uh, you know, for the ideas that's behind this the things people say. And the other one is capturing. So imagine somebody talks for three minutes and I write down three words in a post-it note and put it up. And that's exactly what that person said. And I have, I, it's, uh, it happened to me a few weeks ago that somebody said, I'm so happy you captured this because I keep rambling and then I don't know what my point was and you just wrote it down. I thought that was so cute, but that's that's exactly what happens. Mm -hmm. So um, then I realized that this is so valuable. Well, yeah. you know, the one thing I do, and this is exactly what you do when you do sketch notes. Right. You, you find out what's the big idea, what's the one thing, and then you capture it. And that's what I do uh, when I facilitate too, and making it transparent, putting it up on the wall. Uh, that and then people, you, what often happens is they have a big discussion, and I'm in the background doing that. And then, and then when somebody would stop talking, they would just turn around and look at the flip chart, read what I wrote, just nod to themselves and go back to discussion. Hmm. And I feel like that's, uh, it's like I, you know, I have their back, that nothing is going to be forgotten or nothing is going to be, you know, nothing drops from the table or something. I, I'm just there to capture. They feel safe. Yeah, they right. feel safe. <coughs> Excuse me, yes. Hmm. Yeah. True. That's interesting because one of the questions is, what is your number one tip for listening for big ideas? And uh, this questioner cited the similarities, like you said, between sketchnoting and working in an agile environment, how important listening is to that environment. That's a good question, one tip. 
So how about this is the tip? The tip is imagine you would write it on a post-it note and the post-it note, what do you write in a post-it note? It's small, so you have maybe three words or two words. That would be, I mean, that would be a tip, Yeah, that's right? a great way. <laughs> to imagine, to to capture what the, this person is saying in three words or one post-it note. Yeah, the restriction yeah. of the size is actually a good thing, right? It forces yeah. you to be clear Yeah. and clarify the message. And for sketchnoting, um, when I look back, when I started a year ago, I was essentially writing a lot, 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 and then I put a small picture. And then I wrote a lot, 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 then I put a small picture. And I think that's how everybody starts. Mm -hmm. And what I learned over time is that I, so my, I, I found out that I was scared I would miss something. Mm. And that's why I wrote, I wrote so much. Right. So, um, and then um, one day I came home and I told my husband about this talk I listened to. And then I realized something, I thought, when I come home a few hours later and I can still tell my husband what the talk was about, I, I don't forget I don't forget it. So why am I scared during the talk that I forget something or miss something when two hours later I'm fine telling him what it was about? Mm -hmm. So that calmed me down and I thought to myself, you know, you know just relax. And uh, I found myself that the time from somebody something being said um, until I, I put it on paper became longer hmm. so I just I sit there and listen and then I think in the post-it idea now that we have it so the, the one one thing he said was this and one thing he said was this do they connect is there going to be a third one what picture could I put mm -hmm. and then I put the first one down maybe he's talking about the third thing already so I know there are three things I put the first thing down and I trust that I will remember because I'm there I don't have my phone on, I'm just, you know, in the zone, I'm in the flow, and I have all my senses connected to what's happening, I'm, you know, mm -hmm. so um, that helped me a lot, hmm. yeah. That's a great tip to sort of yeah. imagine a post-it note or even force yourself to use, carry post-it notes around to do that as a way to clarify, right? Yeah. Or maybe even, you know, choose a section on your page as and force yourself to fit it in there as an as a, as a exercise. Yes, and what I even do is uh, I have a I actually do have post-it notes in my um, sketchbook for quotes, because quotes are something that is di different than big ideas. Mm -hmm. So when you have and you hear a good quote and you, you I just jot it down in the post-it note and it stays there until I come to the point where it's supposed to be and then I okay. and then I, yeah that's what I do yeah okay yeah excellent. So next question is um, do you do something intentionally as a regularly either daily or weekly practice to improve your sketch noting? You know, I don't. I, I, I think I do bursts. Okay. So I do. I go to conferences and then I sketch note all day. <laughs> so okay. I go. I have the keynote and I have the I have the sessions I go to and then I maybe you know there's this concept of a bumblebee and bar cams that you just uh, if there is one slot where there are, for example five sessions at the same time and you don't want to sit through one of those but some of them are interesting to you you just jump from session to session to session and then you pick up what you pick up and I put it down and mm -hmm. that's often you know a lot of fun to sketch mm -hmm. note uh, and that's what I do and then in the end there's usually a feedback round and I just drew, draw speaking bubbles and capture what people say at the end of the day which is also which is always great I think and then I have this, you know, five, six, seven pages of sketch notes, and then, you know, my 
uh, and then I'm off working again for two or three weeks, mm-hmm. uh, doing my little icons on the flip charts. Yeah. So that's how I do it, and I lo- and I just I I I think it's so wonderful when people do it every day. I love it. I would suggest that you may actually do it and not realize it in your practice, even though you're facilitating. It just happens to be that instead instead of necessarily using a book and a pen as a so-called sketch note. You're doing it in your facilitation. You're listening. You're combining things. You're putting things on post-it notes. The materials you're using are different, but actually the actions that you're doing are very much like sketchnoting. It just happens to be a different medium, and you do it every day without even thinking about it often. But it actually builds your practice for listening. I mean, I always say listening is the sort of the unsung hero of sketchnoting. If you draw beautiful stuff but you don't listen, then it's not going to be may not be very useful to you or for anyone else. So I think um, it's really important that you're practicing and honing those skills, and that makes it possible for you to, like you said, listen to something and then hours later at home talk to your husband about what it is that you were thinking. I think of uh, Rob, and um, he's talked a little bit about uh, how he approaches uh, sermons, which we're going to talk about here at the symposium in a little bit, um, that he actually only takes some basic notes in the homily itself. But he's done the reading before. Mm-hmm. He takes a few notes in the, in the moment, and then he reflects on it. He's reflecting on it up to the moment where he hears it, and then he's reflecting on it on the way home and after dinner, and then I don't know when exactly Rob does it, but he then he, he sort of lets it sort of simmer in his mind in a sense, right? Like a good stew, right? And then once it all sort of lines up, then he has this impression and he lets it pour out. So I think there's some value to that kind of challenge. So that could be a you know, good practices to try one, maybe one day a week, where instead of just doing exactly what you hear, to actually do some reflection, like intentionally put reflection time, and maybe even the challenge is to see how far can you go. Mm-hmm. Can I go a week, and then what, what do I think about it after a week? Maybe I've experienced some things that make that thing I learned on Monday even more true on Friday, and actually some practical examples, and then it can actually expand on the concepts. Yes, I think so, that's very beautiful. So I think that's pretty interesting. Yeah, and then you ca- and then there's something else coming in, right? When you do that, what Rob does, it also captures where you are in that moment of time right. in your life. So if you hear some idea and then you reflect and then you make up your own mind or your ideas or your emotions come up for that certain type of topic and then you capture that, that's a big thing. You capture where you are in your life, mm-hmm. what you're thinking about it. And if you look back on it, you know, two years from now, you give it to your kids one day. I mean, that's the, that's wonderful. I just love that so much. Yeah, yeah it's part of an examined life, right? Mm-hmm. So you're examining your life in some, some, in some way and capturing yes. it uh, and being aware of it, which, again, is one of the principles of Agile is this, this retrospective, right? To reflect yeah. on where we came from and what went well. We should celebrate the things that went well and then modify not to hurt someone or to f- make them feel bad, but... You know, the past is the past, and now we have an opportunity to make it better. Why wouldn't we do that? So that that whole concept sort of underlies this. And I think that's a lot of why my experience, sketchnoting and Agile, uh, seem to go together like chocolate and peanut butter. (laughs) (laughs) Right? So, well, I think we're coming near the end of the podcast. And um, what what I've been asking in the last, about last two seasons, is for tips. So I think um, it's great that we talk about these theoretical ideas and concepts. I think it's also helpful to hear specific tips from guests because everyone has a different perspective about how they do it and why they do it. And I think it just offers more opportunities for those who are listening to be challenged in their own ways. And uh, so what would be three things that you might suggest? They can be really practical tips like 
have a backup marker or remember to sharpen your pencils. So it could be very practical. Okay. Or it could be very conceptual, like the way, you, how do you approach something or what's your, what are your principles around sketchnoting that might help someone who's, I always sort of put it into perspective. What if someone just discovered this podcast and this is the first one they've heard and they need, they want some inspiration around uh, tips that they can take forward to make their practice better. What would you say for those three ideas? The first thing would be um, use what you have. Because if you start, you know, figure, if you, if you go and look, you know, the, the, what are your favorite tools and you look up all the sketch noters, they have this huge collection of pens and they're like $7 each and you think you have to get them all. You do not. Just get, your, get the sketchbook you have at hand, get the pens you have at hand and, and just draw something. That would be my first tip. And yes, of course, you can get a pretty pen and everything, but, you know, the, the, it's like, it's a skill, right? You, you, have to, you have to do it. It's like, it's the same as knitting or woodwork or programming. You have to do it. Reading about mm -hmm. it is not going practice. to. Yeah, it's a practice. So, so that's my first tip. The second one would be sketch note the things you love anyway. So, for example, if you, if you love to cook, you, sketch, you might sketch a recipe you like. If you do gardening, maybe you do your layout of your garden or how you take care of the special plant. If you uh, like to go to church, you know, do a sketch note there. If you, you know, whatever you do, just, just, if you love it anyway, you're anyway in the flow and you love mm -hmm. doing it. And that, and sketch noting just adds to that. And then what you have is this thing, you, you, is this picture you have about the stuff you love. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just most wonderful. And you could even share it with people, you know, and then say, hey, you know, this is what I love. Check this out. I do this gardening thing. So you have something tangible to, to show to other people, um, to share your love or to share the passion you have. And uh, so, um, or you can do, or you can sketch note the things you're learning. So if you're learning a new programming language or you're learning a new concept or you read up on something, just try to capture that with a few more pictures than before. And it might, it might help you understand why mm -hmm. you're doing it or might help you to remember better. So that would be, that would be the thing. Uh, and the third thing. Um, the third thing I would say um, is, uh, is to get in contact with the community. We, have, we are in this room of you know, wonderful people who who encouraged me you know to do it <clears throat> there is this um global sketch note hangout i learned uh in the first weeks of my me doing this and it's a hangout where um where there's just one topic and you just come together for an hour and do a sketch note together and in the beginning you have uh you have a warm up where you draw little icons in 10 seconds and it's uh, and these hangouts are just happening so you just you just find them and uh, and do them and you see the people who are participating and then you see how different they icons are and you see how different they sketch notes are and you and by posting my very beginning sketch notes on twitter with a lot of writing writing and a little icon they still said hey you did a good job and i love this picture i love this icon and the encouragement i got from doing this first very wordy uh, even uh, to sharing them that really helped me and, mm. and I saw what everybody else is and, and what also happens is that people 
uh, somebody will share and sketch note and then somebody else will say oh I'm going to steal that person from you or I'm going to steal that icon from you and 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 that's exactly the idea mm-hmm. steal like an artist right you, mm-hmm. you you look at what the other what the other people do and then you say oh I like this I like that or I don't like his layout but I like his better so you can you have this big you know basket of different ideas and you just pick something try it out for yourself experiment with it if you like it you know stick with it or you so you can in, you can be influenced and um, by the others styles and ideas and uh, um, and that's and that I think in this is very special in our community that we we encourage mm-hmm. stealing from each other and inspiring yeah. each other and uh, sharing with each other and we cheer each other on and share each other's work and um, that is and everybody's welcome it's not a fixed set of people you're mm-hmm. all welcome to join and hang out to join the hangouts we uh, so many of us offer so um, yeah that would be my three tips I guess well those are wonderful tips I think um, it's just a great way to wrap up the, the podcast and uh, thank you for making time and being willing to come on the show and, and make this episode possible I think it was wonderful and of course our first uh, live studio audience version uh, you've, you've just really made a, a wonderful mark and I'd love to have everyone uh, thank Mariana for coming to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. So until the next episode of the Sketchnote Army podcast, we'll see you soon.